Hey, it's Chaz. Uh, Steve and I are working temp jobs right now, trying to save up money for a bus ride back. Uh, I guess I took the microphone today, so I'll just record from my desk here. I don't know. This place kind of sucks. I'm calling people for collections. I don't even know what I'm collecting for. Hey. Hey, Chazzy. How's it going? Oh, God. Hey, couldn't help but notice you didn't come out for drinks with me and the boys last night. Hey, Kevin. No. I told you I don't like hanging out with you guys. Chazzy, you just gotta give us a chance. We're good people, I swear. I don't like hanging out with people from work. Chazzy, tell me something. And it hurts me to ask this, but where did we go wrong? Oh, God. Uh, Well, for starters, I probably knew from the beginning that you were the type of person that would ask a question like, where did we go wrong? So I decided to stop talking to you then, I guess. Chazzy, let me ask you something here. Just Chaz. How come you never hang out in the break room for lunch with any of the other folks here? Everyone here is really weird. You're all drinking that same lemonade all the time. Well, now that is a company secret lemonade. That is our own specialty product with our own specialty ingredients. It is the best damn lemonade you'll ever have. Why don't you drink any of it? I mean, it's not a lemonade company. We're a collections agency. I don't understand why everybody's obsessed with this lemonade. It's because it's hard-earned, hard-worked lemonade. We all take turns making different ingredients for it. You see Donna over there, she stomps the lemons herself with her own bare feet. I make the stickers for the labels right at my desk. That's the other thing. I don't understand why you guys named the lemonade what you named it. Why would anyone drink a lemonade called The Visit? The Visit is an all-natural lemonade. It is perfectly fine. It's creepy is what it is. Why the hell would I drink something called The Visit? It's perfectly fine. It tastes delicious. This is what it does. And it makes a more natural, more centered, and spiritual you. It's lemonade. Just join us in the break room every once in a while. That's all I ask. We just want your company. You're good people. Fine. Kevin. I gotta run. I'll see you in there, though. <sighs> Dumb Kevin. Hate this place. I guess I'll just walk in there and use the bathroom at least. Hate going in there. It's so noisy. It's just so annoying. Like, this door's always so damn loud. Just, oh God, it's so loud. Like, you can't even close it quietly. Hey, Chazzy, great to see you in here. Come on in, we're we're just doing a little sing-along here. Was it, what, somebody's birthday or something? Well, we are about to witness the birth of a very special being, that's for sure. So, so is there going to be, like, cake or anything like that? Well, I tell you what, just gather around the tree in the middle of the room here and grab a bottle of the visit and just kind of join in with the singing, okay? I don't want to sing and I don't want to drink the visit. I just want to go back to my desk and finish making my collections calls. And I totally don't understand why there's a tree in the middle of the break room. Why do all these people have blood all over their faces? Well, if you're leaving, just close the door quietly this time, okay? It's not even possible. God. Anyway, I'm just gonna get back to work and play this week's episode. It's part two of when Steve interviewed Teddy Faley. That's it. They talk about hereditary. Uh, It's actually a really good conversation. Probably one of the best he's ever done. Uh, Pretty good stuff. You should just listen to it. 
And hopefully we'll get back home by the time you hear us next time. Alright. Bye. Oh, stupid keyboard's broke again. Damn it. And we're back. <laughs> that's my... I guess that's my NPR. Oh, no, that was good. Yeah. That was good. That, that was, was really good. good. You have a good... You have a good voice. <laughs> Thank you. So do you. Yeah. We have great voices. Well, thank you. I, two I, great I voices. I appreciate that. Two, yeah, two, two good boys with two good voices. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you just joining us, uh, we recorded a 45-minute segment that I actually never recorded, where we talked about the movie Hereditary. So after apologizing, we are here to do it again. I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. No, I was apologizing. I apologize to you, because I did something oh. wrong. And, oh, unnecessary. No, this is a big moment for me, uh, being part of a podcast in which one person forgot to record, which is something I've heard a thousand times on other podcasts. Yeah. So this is good. It happens um, every episode. <laughs> but things that we did discuss, uh, you know, we went into detail about Hereditary. Right. Boy, you guys missed out. We broke that movie down. Y'all yeah. would have loved it. Start to finish. Uh, yep. Um, we also discussed uh, The Witch, or The Vich, uh, and uh, the, <clears throat> the other horror movies. I, again, dipped back into, not apologize, but clarify my take on Miles cookies uh uh interview where i was taking issue with his uh interpretation of what he said was a ghost i guess or an apparition um and then i i, I think we actually covered that in the the one that was recorded i feel like you're trying to trick me into not having that be recorded <laughs> you having editing control i want to have it on on wax no that, i th uh, i think one of the more interesting points that i brought up that we no, we were talking about how heavy hereditary was how yeah. intensely like visceral it was and you had brought up a great point that the movie itself was sort of a this metaphor for the fear of a family crumbling or falling apart and yeah. and how by the time it got to the point of where you see tony collette up on the wall doing her spider-man bit which is terrifying Yes. The fact that the movie sold itself so well during the other scenes, um, you know, like when the, the the head bidding, oh, spoiler alert, uh, the head being chopped off and the kid lying in bed and just having his perspective when his parents find his sister's decapitated body in the car. Such a genius part, like genius and, uh, decision on the filmmaker's and part. And so to long focus and on him. drawn out. But yeah, you're right, because you... you that's the most terrifying position to be in him knowing what's going to happen. And there's happen. a thousand other obvious routes to take. Right. Like there's, there's so many things you would have to say. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm right. not doing that. Before exactly. you arrive at like this, this like offbeat, not offbeat, but like this not obvious take, which is just focus on Peter the entire right. time. Exactly. Well, while you're also like dealing with the reality that like, is this how somebody would react after? Right. Uh, he, you know, after he witnessed his sister's head being lobbed off by like, or, you know, a power pole or whatever. Yeah. Because not he, he, his fault. he's in shock. It's not like you rationally can think about what you would do in that situation. Like, it, right. It, and you're a kid. Like right. when I was a kid, I did dumb shit. All the time. When I was a kid, I used to get in trouble all the time and I never thought it was my fault. Right. I think about that all the time. Yeah. Not that my, you know, viewpoint in life is indicative of everybody's, but just the fact that I was so wrong, like just, or unmature uh, mm -hmm. or whatever, like thinking about him having to do with something so heavy, what he ends up doing is just going home and laying down. He doesn't yeah. wake his parents up. 
he doesn't get the body out of the car. Right. He goes to sleep. And then the fucking filmmaker, balls of steel, just stays on him until Tony Collette does some of the best grieving I've ever heard of, right. you know, ever. By that point, you're sold on it. The artistic capabilities have, have sold you on it. This is this is powerful. This is heavy. This is meaningful. So by the time it gets to the point where a little bit of wackiness starts going on, you're completely in it. Yeah, where what's the name? I think the actor's name is Steve Bryan or something like that. Like he gets handed a book and just bursts into flames. You're like, you're yeah, terrified right, by it. Right. Whereas exactly. if, the book, if the movie started with that, you'd be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that goes back into the the whole conversation of artistic license, where if you follow the trajectory of an artist that you really respect, you know, even if you you catch a few things that might be mistakes, you kind of place them as like, oh, that was intentional. You know, or you just kind of you're, you're buying into it. Yeah, you know, they, they've they've cemented their place in your mind. Can I uh, jerk off for a second, if you don't mind? Sure. Metaphorically, right? Um, <laughs> so I don't. I said before I don't do a lot of things intentionally. There's, uh, I made an intentional decision, and this would be a good if you want to play this song. It'd be great. Um. Uh, there's a song that I did. It's the only actual single I've done, I believe, since Teddy Brown Brown came out, called An Incomplete List. The first half is is a list of everyone I know that died. That was the the goal of it. The, the inspiration came from a, like a punk song that I heard from the 70s that I essentially kind of ripped off where somebody is just listing everyone they know that died. So the Jim, Jim Carroll song? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and I heard that watching James Gunn's Suicide Squad. <laughs> and I was like, that's a, that's a great concept for a song. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it. And I, and so I wrote the first half of that song. And that was the the point was to only have the first half of that song. It was going to be very dry, just like the, the, the song I was ripping off. But once I was done, it ends with me not wanting to talk about my friend Josh Cubby Bear who passed, which mm-hmm. I don't talk about. Uh, and I'm not, I don't talk about it on that song. Uh, and then that got me thinking about what, what could you dip in? What could you dip into if you wanted to get, it would be interesting if the second half of the song was the opposite of the first half of the song. Um, and so I wrote it about my dog who had passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the first take, like I, I cried recording yeah. it or yeah. whatever. And then I recorded a bunch of different takes, uh, but the first take was the best, I think. And I would, I was shook. I was like, "Could you put, like, what, is this the worst decision ever? Is to, like, is this terribly whack to put out just me like weeping on a track or whatever, or like screaming, crying on a track?" Um, but I think that the first half of that song is so not that that it kind of gives the it, it lays the groundwork for people not to be so skeptical of the second half like if the second half was def- was the only thing that people heard there would be no. a larger percentage of folks who were like Ugh, this white boy crying on a track right. or whatever <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean yeah where the first half is like just you know it's like straightforward hip-hop uh but also listing actual people who passed and i, I was affected by but uh just vocal vocal tone wise the, the second half really goes off the rails and uh i think that i built up clout in the first half that I spent in the second half and mm. 
you know, hereditary, I guess, is similar in that aspect. Whereas if it were to start with Tony Collette on the ceiling, right, you'd be like, fuck, fuck is this shit? Right. <laughs> but it's right. just a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, like, it earns that, you know, Tony Collette on the ceiling shit by the end. We're going to take a listen to Teddy Faley's An Incomplete List. I want to get this one right. Check. Growing up, I had a neighbor named Penny, and beside her cat, she lived alone. Every month or so, she'd ask us neighbors over to her home. Too young to know or care, some type of get-together thing, I guess. And then a welfare check turned up a dozen stab wounds in her chest. Justin's older brother, Jason, caught two bodies on a bridge. We knew the shooter, not the victim, so nobody never snitched. It took the cops a year to figure out the common knowledge to his kids. Then he heard word and dip, and found him dead before his warrants even hit. Than shit. Got me high my first few times He showed me how to twist He followed his big brother's steps But the dude that he shot lived And he fled to the same place his brother did And died the same way his brother did Lodic was my dude Most who knew him called him Smokey I stole my mother's cigarettes And gave them to the homie He played the hell out of guitar We rocked a bunch of awesome shows They found him with a needle in his arm It's home his mother's home My mother was a G But an addict like me Be cancer once and he smoked herself right back my father said, we're visiting your mom, just say goodbye I was old enough to understand, too young to look her in the eyes And then Haley caught the cancer too I feel like she was gone before nobody ever even knew But shouldn't I have seen the clues? Either I ain't ever even noticed she was sick Cause she ain't want nobody knowing that shit Cubby Bear was Josh, that loss I'm navigating slow And I don't like to talk about it, so I don't Gus, my bigger brother, teacher, best friend in a dog He leave the room when I record, and now he isn't anywhere at all The seizure started years ago, his kidneys were diseased He left the room forever, 5.15 on August 17th That's some empty space in every place I'm occupying every day I try to talk it down from heights, it hides behind its mother's legs I mean it's hard to argue with an argument that dumb and vague But I can't throw his goddamn leash away Every time I try to lead and then my voice is in my head like What you are about to do can never be changed There ain't no harm in the way and why not give it a day And that's no big ask, not on its face But in context it's not me that spent it in pain So spare him the cape, just do what the fuck happens and get out the way Sometimes the hardest moves you gotta make been already made I think a couple bars ago the metaphor changed If he was here he would've caught that mistake It's it's one of those songs that it, you you might hear something like that every I don't know five to ten years that that just kind of sticks with you and 
uh, <clears throat> hate to use the, it's such a weak analogy or I mean, weak thing to say, but sort of like you kind of remember where you were when you heard that song. Like it's, it's that impactful. Like it's that good. It's the nine eleven of rap songs. Right. <laughs> But I'm, I'm I, just kidding. No, I mean, like the first time I heard it, like I I knew that you were. I'm kidding, and thank you. Uh, seriously, thank you. But like I, I I knew that you were incredibly talented when I listened to Teddy Brown Brown, and then you put out an incomplete list, and it was just like, wow, like dude, I don't have words for this. You know, like I'm. I always think of myself as uh, there's that Seinfeld episode where, uh, you know, like. Elaine's like, are you jealous of him or are you jealous of me? He's like, I'm jealous of everybody. And I, I get like that when it comes to music. Well, thank you. <laughs> that, that's how I feel now after after listening to uh, Naked Brunch. Uh, mm. Like, I, I think, like, they hit something that, that I'll be, like, that I'm, uh, I don't think I'll ever hit. You know what I mean? Um, but, but, I mean, and those things all yeah. come from places, too. You know, places yeah. that, that are unique to the individual. Yeah, that's the the collection of experiences um, that really just comes out. And if somebody can can nail it just right, like with your your combination of uh, of humor mixed with the subject matter, um, but you bring up a good point about about your dog. And I am sorry to hear about your dog passing. Um, but I had something kind of similar. And like when when my dad passed away, it was just. Not only it was terrible, and and I loved him absolutely, and but I was just in so like go mode the whole time that I didn't feel like I had really had much time to grieve about it. Yeah, we lost our cat a couple years after that, and I think I was much more of a blubbering mess. Yeah, man. After Grief. losing the cat, Grief is a fucking. It's weird. It's so yeah, and yeah, and I think I'm I'm with you. My 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 mother passes, yeah. and I'm and I coast into this weird like uh, philosophy changing deal where it takes me, but I'll I'll punch you in the face if you like make it your mother joke. But like I'm not right. processing it, and I'm not affected really. Um, and but then I, like I, I think it's similar to that trauma that they really showed you in Hereditary where he's laying in bed just completely unaffected. Yes. Like it's, it's like, great point. it's so earth shattering right. that, that it's almost impossible to process. It's such a tragedy. Whereas like, you know, when, when we lost our cat, it was just like, I held him every night. You know, I cuddled him. I didn't cuddle my dad, you know, like he yeah. was like this perfect little thing. And it's so sad. And I'm, I'm going to cry for months about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, yeah grief is a fucking a son of a bitch man yeah it, it really is yeah. I, I i didn't cry when my mom died uh mm-hmm. i dealt with it in you know ways that I were like subconscious i guess right uh at the time i was a younger person then um i didn't cry when you know several people i knew died um i josh dying cubby bear dying uh I like crippled me right uh, in a way that I've never been crippled before. Like right. I can't listen to his music still. It's been years and I can't listen to like one of the best artists I've ever heard of. And one of my best friends music. Yeah. 
uh, because it like it cripples me. Yeah. Uh, and and my dog is my dog's probably the most healthy I've processed it. And in a lost recording, I believe I mentioned that uh, my dog's veterinarian is my personal hero. Right. And she uh, that's why is the way that she shepherded me through shepherded me through that um when when you're the one in charge or whatever there's there's a you're there for it yeah uh, and yeah. you're listening to professionals and like you you are and it's like you said it's some it's something you cuddle every night and there's right. a closeness there to it that like you know i'm sitting right like he's still the background on my on my phone yeah I'm sitting next to his fucking uh his collar, his leash is in the same position it's been in since he's passed. Right. I have another dog who's next to me, uh, luckily asleep. Otherwise, she'd be like, "What the fuck?" Right. Is all this shit about? Um, yeah, grief is a son of a bitch. It is. Um, and that that was the the, the goal of the, in, like I I swore off writing about dead friends years ago because I I wasn't doing it good. I was doing like, corny white boy shit. Right. Um. Remind me, corny white boy shit. I want to talk to you specifically about corny white boy shit. In a um, <laughs> I feel targeted. I got, yeah. Yeah. No. No. I want to. Yeah. I think we have a shared, a shared thing. Maybe. Yeah. I just wasn't doing it justice. It was like to me, it sounded like I was going out of like. This is such a like I'm doing this thing that would have maybe worked in 2004 <laughs> or whatever. But I get that. Isn't I get working. That. Yeah. Yeah. During the days of hip hop infinity. Which has not been referenced on this podcast at all, um, <laughs> but uh, things that would have worked at that time, but like don't don't work now. And so I, I swore it off. And when I heard the, uh, I'm I, I'm ashamed I don't recall the name of the original. Do you say James Carroll? Jim Carroll. The, yeah. Jim Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, oh, that's a lane that I can fit in. I can fit in a list. I can make right. a list. Right. And and not delve into the emotional aspect of it. And uh, and I even went so far as to like check old newspaper articles and shit to make sure that I wasn't misremembering stuff because like previously mentioned I love telling stories and like my brain will mix shit up all the time and so I fact checked the whole thing and then wrote it and then then at the end for whatever reason was like now what if I just took a sharp left and really like took the confidence that I have now and delved into the emotional aspect of losing my dog and I think it worked out for me yeah it definitely works I mean. It's also hard to tell from, you know, like, uh, like, and I have the same, I have this fear when, when my album comes out, you know, cause like I said, it's mostly about my dad, um, how well that will translate because I, ha I feel like an incomplete list translates really well to me, but I don't know exactly what you were trying to get across with it. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some subtleties. I miss some turns of phrase that might be personal to you. Um, but I think that's, that's the beauty and the, the devastation of, of releasing something is that there, everything's going to be open to interpretation to an extent, no matter how straightforward it is. Even yeah, if you let it go. And then authorial intent goes out the window. Right. And, and, and even if it's, just like if it's personal that could matter it it I can guess. matter and and it, yeah. it can matter in the sense that okay um this person's very honest yet they're very sarcastic so am i catching the sarcasm at the right time uh am i intoning that they're 
sarcastic about this part or you know like uh is this literal is this part not literal and it's just the little stuff like that 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 concerns me whenever i'm i'm working on something yeah i i never worried about that myself until teddy brown brown because that's i guess the first one where i was like sarcastic and more myself sure whatever and then there's a there's a song on teddy brown brown called the bad news Mm -hmm. which is like if you just if you listen to it you're like i'm the worst person ever yeah. i'm just stealing a family yeah. like I'm, I'm very obnoxious and braggadocious and like breaking up a family mm-hmm. or whatever and mm-hmm. uh there i've gotten responses from folks that are like that song shouldn't be on that record like, the record's good or whatever but like that that stands out like a sore thumb gotcha. uh, because you're being a fucking dick on it and that's a valid take i mean like i said authorial intent goes out the window the second the song is released so like they can take that how they want but i would i would like to think that in the context of everything else you get the sarcasm you, right. you get that like i'm not being it's not that's not me <laughs> you know what i mean yeah I i've never could... done anything like that i've never and i would never do anything like that it's just exploring a concept or right whatever. right um, but yeah, there's there's a risk in that. I think an incomplete list kind of ducks it because an incomplete list is a literal list until yeah. it is a literal me crying about my dog. Right. Like, that's hard to misinterpret. Like right. I think people are gonna get that one. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. But you said you had something specific for me about uh emotional white boy yes. music. I was gonna yeah. bring it up, but then I didn't wanna be like, Don't steal the conversation, you're not the host. So no, I'm glad you brought that, it up. That's fine. Um you're, unless I'm mistaken, your Twitter bio is uh, a blocked quote that says a less interesting slug, correct? Correct. Okay. We have, we can start a club, you and I. <laughs> is that right? Can yeah. you say the same thing um, about you? No, not exactly. Okay. I did right. kind of make it same, seem like that. Not, that I didn't mean to, but uh, he that's, reviewed. Yeah, that's a direct quote. That's. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it for yeah. a second. Um, I don't agree with it. <clears throat> Well, thanks. Based on the 18 minutes of music I've heard of yours, which again, I fucks with your shit. You're a dope ass rapper. No, I, I mean, that legit. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I appreciate you not sucking, so I can say that. I mean, yeah. It. So yeah, yeah. Um, and we should do a joint. So always yeah. down, definitely. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I did a, a record called um, Dropouts Incorporated back in the in the aughts with mm-hmm. a producer named Joe Schaefer. <laughs> And it's kind of been forgotten at the time, but um, I think Blockhead used to accept submissions on his blog back in the day. Yeah, fat, fat I think friend. Joe, yeah, yeah, and I think Joe submitted one of the songs from that, and uh, Blockhead was like, I, I don't remember any quotes exactly, but it, like seeing the a less interesting slug like brought back <laughs> that that memory of like how he felt about that song, where he was just like, I don't need to hear this like whiny white boy shit. Yeah. Or whatever. And I remember I remember reading it at the time and being like and agreeing a hundred percent. Like like he's right about this. And uh and I mean that. I, I don't mean that to be like self deprecating. Right. I mean that like I was missing something then that I hope I don't miss that I'm not missing now. Which is like I was trying to emulate something that wasn't completely honest right. and that would have worked during the hip hop affinity days or whatever and wasn't working at the time that I was making that, you know. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, I also don't think you sound anything like Slug, by the way. I don't know unless you used to sound like Slug. I whatever. don't think I did. 
Um, well, he also com- now compared the uh, so it was like a he compared the sample to a MF Doom sample, like something he would have used on Operation Doomsday. So I think the whole okay. review started off as "Holy Elevator Music, Batman," yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talks about that, and then he he says, "Oh, the rapping? Oh, it's fine, like a less interesting slug." Yeah, uh, I don't know. Your cadence yeah. is completely different. I did. I dig your, your like calm shit. Like that's that, that's what I took to. I took to that and the like oh, free yeah. association sort of writing. Like that's what I took to. Yeah. And since when do we hold Slug up as the fucking lyricist to be aspiring to? <laughs> I, I try to talk shit. Like I listened to a whole lot of Slug. He probably was. Yeah, I did too. Song. I did too back in the but day. But when was yeah. he super nice? You know what I mean? Like he was. I get that. Yeah. Well. And I don't, I don't want to offend anybody by saying this, but I feel like there was a, when, when you got into certain like white boy rap in the early two thousands, late nineties, you kind of had to suspend your, your belief. Like the first time I heard uh, certain artists, Dose one. I didn't like it. Dose one was like a tour de force. I mean, I I don't know that that's the best example for me, just because it was so out there and weird. Okay. But let's say let's say somebody like a little bit more like white bread sounding, you know. Um, I'm that, You know, like maybe 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 the rhymes don't stick that well, or it's a little awkward. Because Dose One was never awkward, you know. Like, okay. He sounded like a like a troll. Yeah, he was, was doing just, what he like, wanted. Came to out. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, exactly. He was landing like he, what he was trying to land, whether or not that worked. Right, and and his his style was just so far out there, and like, but there there were a lot of like awkward white rappers. Yeah, and they just sounded like that, and like eventually, you know, like I got into it still, but I always had to suspend my belief that like, you know, it wasn't borderline bad. Yeah, and just just kind of buy into it, and I did. And, you know, like, I still like some of that stuff. Although, my personal opinion is that a lot of hip-hop just doesn't age well. <laughs> Especially stuff from the early 2000s. Like, the some of the some of the white guy rap from the early 2000s. Oh, without a doubt. But I think, um, I think I don't know. I yeah. listened to, most of what I listened to was, like, either Griselda or, like, Queensbridge from the 90s. So, like, that's, gotcha. that's what I rock to. Uh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll dip back into like and by every once in a while I mean like once every four or five years I'll I'll be like what did I like about Deep Puddle Dynamics uh, or what what did I gotcha. like about um, you know what did I find so profound I'm not saying they're they're not good but like that going back to the benefit of the doubt thing I think that was doing a, a lot of heavy lifting at the time <laughs> at the sure. whereas yeah. you look at something like yeah. like Fun Crusher that stands the test of time I think like a hundred percent for me uh, is I can listen to like Fallen Crusher all day without giving them any excuses. Yeah. And I think Fun Crusher kind of stands on its own uh, aside from some of that stuff also, because it is, it is like gritty New York street music. True. It's not but like it, I'm a candle. I'm going to rap about being a candle. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't reinventing the wheel in the sense that like it was reinventing the whole style. It was, it was more like the sonic landscape of it. Right. They, it just completely, it was still like grimy as shit, mm-hmm. you know? True. Um, that's not, yeah, maybe was, that's not an apt comparison. It's a fair enough comparison because that stuff was compared at the time. I mean, that's like 
right at that time, you know, like you have the Anticon stuff, you have the the pre Def Jux stuff, and then the Def Jux stuff, and you have the Rhyme Sayer stuff. So it's hard not to lump those together. Yeah, uh, pretty much impossible, I think. But I mean, like you didn't have a ton of Def Jux fans who were also, you know, Anticon. I mean, you did, but I don't know what I'm talking about. But there were the people that liked the harder stuff, and then the people that liked the more contemplative, you know, um, poetry style. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'm less. I should be less judgmental of the music itself and more judgmental of myself. Because like I, I remember being like, I remember th- there's a song on Deep Puddle Dynamics where they're all rapping from the perspective of a candle, and that is a like on that is a blatantly ridiculous like song. Like that should have been. <laughs> Like it is, it is one of those guys in the room at the time. I'm sh- I bet it was slug was yeah. thinking to themselves like this is dumb as shit, but didn't say anything. And like they, it, it, and I mean, Dose has some crazy stuff on there. Like the the track that stood out to me the most was like, I think like at some point he comes in and to quote the words of the immortal Oliver Wendell Holmes. Oliver, that's how I know, learned like, who Oliver yeah, Wendell Holmes yeah. was. I didn't yeah, know exactly. That's how everybody knew <laughs> a mind yeah. that is stretched to a new idea could never right. return to its original dimension. You know, fucking seventeen yeah. year old me like. Like, hey, girl, listen to this yeah. shit. Like, listen to this, yeah. this fucking fire-ass rap shit right here. Listen to this shit. And then her just being like, okay. Like, this is dumb. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dose on another joint. I don't know if it's from Deep Puddle, but on one joint, he's like, from the metal, from the pedal to the wheel to the incline plane. And then mm-hmm. the beat. Yeah. Then, like, who's, yeah. who's editing these joints? But, like, at the, at the time, I was I just accepted it as, like, transcendent and like that y'all need to hear I, yeah, this shit exactly. you know? and maybe it's fine girls will always tell you the truth though yeah oh yeah i've never <laughs> dated anyone who likes my music so yeah i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a nice sculpture or is it <laughs> yeah i mean like that's that's what we listened to back then like, right and I like know. oddly enough dose has come with some like ill ass shit like he his, he's done some i haven't checked on him in a minute but he like dropped some mixtapes that were hard as fuck uh, I I think Dose has always been in, been incredible. Um, he has some very funny stuff that I I'm pretty sure like having met him a couple times uh, is intentionally funny. Yeah, like I don't think he's such like the tortured artist yeah. that y- one might think. Right. Yeah. But going back to Hip Hop Infinity for a second, I remember reading reviews yeah. of of them talking about him and referring to him as being like one one rapper who has learned how to use his voice as an instrument and like at the time being like yeah he did man like, i think back on it now and i'm like <laughs> yeah i think back on it now and i'm like man what are you talking about like what, who's writing yeah that? exactly you know I mean? <laughs> it's funny um i always kick myself for this after uh we went to see mush tour in philly me and my uh buddy royce much records and he was from and i assume yeah. you're talking about royce the fuck no no not royce oh you should have just ran with it <laughs> i actually <laughs> ran with it but uh he actually knew uh radio inactive from la um and he was on tour with it was like radio inactive lab tech one uh, dose and well at least they had they knew the same people so he was talking to them after the show and i had to wake up early the next day to like go back to Pittsburgh. So he was like talking to them and he's like, Hey, these guys want to hang out. And I was like, I can't I have to, <laughs> I have to wake up early tomorrow. 
So I didn't get to hang out with Dose and Y because oh. uh, I had to wake up early the next day. But uh, he did end up getting like they had this thing like it was just like all their names and phone numbers on it. And he took it and he brought it over to my house one day and he was like, you have to call Dose One's number. It's just like an answering service. It's just like his voicemail. Um, it's like Bill Murray. It's a really funny. I, it, it's It's like a really funny like answering system. Like it doesn't connect to a phone or anything. So he's like, you have to call it. And I was like, what if he answers? And he's like, it's not a phone number. Like it. So I called, and of course he answers. That's so awesome. Um, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's so great. And I hate that for you. So like, yeah. I, so I had to be like, oh, hey, this, yeah. Like, is Hi. this Adam? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, I had to like awkwardly like stumble my way through it. And he was really nice. And I ended up like calling him a couple more times, like when I was drunk. And one of the times they were recording the first subtle album and I interrupted it. Okay. For some reason he answered his phone and he was like, yeah, we're actually working on the new subtle album right now. And I was like, oh man, such a good big fan. And he was like, do you want me to send you a copy when we finish it? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And he's like, okay, cool. And he was like, didn't get my address or anything. So that's my, that's my dose one story. It was really nice. Yeah. Seven minutes left. If, yeah, if we're recording. Um, all right, so I'm going to spend these seven minutes apologizing to Miles Cookie. Um, yeah. First of all, I'm sorry for continuing to call you Miles Cookie. Again, I will stop doing that the second that you tell me firmly to stop doing that or send a message to Head Trip to pass to me saying, tell Teddy to stop mm. calling me Miles Cookie. Uh, I, you put out one of my favorite records of the year. You came out of nowhere. I've never seen that happen before. You came out fully formed as far as, as, far as I know. Uh, and uh, I didn't mean to come at you for your apparition. Um, I just, uh, but that being said, you know, so uh, I think ghosts ain't real. Uh, and, uh, and until shown evidence, I'll continue to believe that. And also ghosts are super not real when you're on, uh, when you're tripping. That's the one time when it goes super ain't real is when you're tripping. <laughs> If you're going to start logging facts and now I feel like I'm going at him again. Uh, again, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's a bad apology. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Miles, you're my dude. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, I'm sorry, my friend, but it's about stand yeah. by it at the same time firmly. Um, and I'll look forward to discussing this at the next label meeting that we have. This has been Teddy Faley's very long, uh, bad apology section which uh, we will continue to have every week. Well, keep in <laughs> mind that I apologized to... uh, as a candle. That's where I was coming from. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you really blew it. Dope, dope. <laughs> <laughs> so many points for that. That's... Um, this is fun. This is you know, a good time. You know what's crazy, though, is that so many people came out of nowhere uh, in 2021. Is In terms of, like, I hadn't heard of them before. It was, so it was Miles Cook. Kill Von Gard, yep. uh put out an amazing album, uh, Man to Myth. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, like, these are people I, I genuinely hadn't heard of before, and, and they put out, like, some of my favorite music. Yeah, I don't pay attention as much as I should. So, like, I'm not sure who was around yeah. and who wasn't. Like, I, I, I paid mm-hmm. attention this year because it involved me, and that's when I started to pay attention. Sure. Yeah, um, exactly. And my cat is fucking with my mic stand, so if there's any, like sounds i apologize to anybody listening yeah it's, it sounds terrible <laughs> um just awful but uh 
but yeah so everyone's new to me but everyone that i've met is good like really drop yeah. like is, is they're good rappers they're great producers mm-hmm. i've done some dope ass features that have yet to drop where the fuck are these features motherfuckers i've done a, a grip of them to the extent where head trip is like put a moratorium on them until my ep's done he's like you gotta stop doing these features uh none of them drop except the okay nice joint which i love he's a, he's another he's a great example of somebody who i met this year who i think is fucking yeah. really really okay, good. nice is great yeah he's yes really good. definitely and and that was a really good song you guys put yeah out. i dig it i dig it thank you and I, I i dig that joint um and i dig all his material he's somebody i was completely unaware of prior to prior to this year yo wesley stop fucking with the goddamn mic son chill sorry that's how we're gonna open the episode wesley's the name of my seven-year-old son yeah okay <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in right after you talked about how you were never gonna have kids <laughs> Yeah, I disowned him a while back. I'm not sure he's mine. <laughs> and while I can, while we got three minutes, let me plug the recent remix yeah. that AM Breakups and Hot Cognitions did of the song Vic from Teddy Brown Brown that just came out. Yes, that's available on all the streaming yeah. joints. And that shit is they did that shit justice. Yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely check that out. And also get me the uh, the three songs that you want me to play. I mean, you don't have to send them to me. Um, I should have them. I mean, I could send them to you. I think I... You'd go ahead and send them to me. Well, well, that means I have to decide. So I don't know. Yeah. But I get yeah. It, I, one yeah. of them's an incomplete list. That'll fit well. Okay. We're talking about an incomplete list. We'll probably play that last, if the, unless you wanted to play... I, I would assume you wanted to play the song about cigarettes. Yeah. Cigarette song. Okay. Probably maybe yeah. uh, Dear Friends. And then... Okay. An incomplete list. I guess all the really hype tracks. Yeah, I might fuck around and throw you Snack Captain for my SoundCloud, where I rap about nothing but snacks. We'll see. Okay, I wasn't sure if you had a snack or snake. Yeah, I said it weird because I have had a glass of whiskey while we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> snake Captain would be another whole thing altogether. Um, yeah, no, this has been awesome. Yeah, it's good talking to you. We're gonna leave everyone with "Dear Friends" from Teddy Faley's album Teddy Brown Brown. Sorry, Gus. Well, where we all been out of late? I think it's safe to say we all could use an extra nap today. Panic kind of creeping in, so everybody's sleeping in. We could reconvene tomorrow afternoon, and by the weekend, we'd be straight. I've always been a fan of sleeping late. I've always been a man of being great. I've always been a canopy of pain, not understanding that my only job's the rain. Only built to file complaints So I'm walking with my homie I said, God, these assholes thinking on me No way he done told me Nothing he had talked But I was thinking about it closely Realizing that a mess has been my whole steed So it's just another Saturday Couple stores open, keep your dads away President got half a brain, shit his pants Come on out for accolades And half my graduating class claps away Sometimes I wish I wasn't here on this earth Sometimes my dog try to play with deer And his feelings get hurt That's all the same gear No matter what I do, I still be fighting how I feel And Gus will always scare away the deer What the hell is up now? I'm stuck now And he had cigarettes this uptown Should've took the bus down I tried to be the 
discreet, but my whole shit is no composure. See me coughing in the street, I'm just smoking, that's not the Rona. Decided the whole world going home. I've been at home, son. Call me when the last of the drink stores is door shut. I've been around a block or two, just never seen so many empty. Usually there's broads, it's like, oh hey, it's Teddy. Usually there's bars and people sit inside them. Usually it's hard to do, but people trying. Back when masks was metaphors for hide behind them. So holler at your boy, but keep it stealth. CDC says keep it six feet in between us, I say 12. Clean your room and try to cook up something, something for yourself. I learned to turn the oven on today myself. I'm feeling swell. No bullshit, there's an ant on my thumb too. I'm trying to read these bars off of my... <laughs> there's an ant. Eesh. They're doing well.